I keep getting asked this a lot lately. Again and again, the same question keeps popping up. Who's listening to the podcast? Hi, my name is Aiden. Welcome to Songs That Change You. And I thought before we get into today's chat, I would reveal who has been listening to the show. Now, there's hundreds of countries around the globe that are listening, which is amazing. But these are the top five outside of Australia. Coming in at number one, America. No surprise there, really. At number two, Singapore. At number three, Canada. At number four, New Zealand. And then it's Belgium, UK, and the Philippines, all kind of sitting at that number five sort of spot. But here's the thing. Every country in that top five that is listening so much is yet to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Yep, I sandwiched in a plug there. (laughs) So, if you live in America, Singapore, Canada, New Zealand, Belgium, UK, Philippines, leave a review. Whether it be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it's all appreciated. But yeah, which country is going to be first to leave a review? My guess would be America because of today's guest. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Songs that changed you. Back to talk songs once again. Songs that have had an impact on somebody's life and changed it in a significant way. And my guest today is a best-selling author, mental health advocate, life coach, and mum, Karis Snyder. How you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, where do we find you today? So you will find me in the state of Alabama. So uh-huh. I am in the southern part of the United States. And you're very busy at the moment. You've got literally two books out like this week or next week. It's it's busy times. <laughs> it is. I was actually just speaking at some schools in another state before hopping on with you. So I have a children's book that is out, a book coming out for moms. So it's busy, but I am grateful. Your children's book, Elephant on My Chest, I feel like it is a if there was a Venn diagram of all those job descriptions I just read out, it's it's right there in the middle. Um, you know, it's to do with children. It's to do with mental health. It's uh, obviously yeah. written by yourself. It's all of those things combined. That's right. You know, so I have a background in child development. So I've always loved working with children and just from my own experience of how anxiety and depression affected my life. It all started as a child. That's where it all began for me. And so I'm not just passionate about helping adults and teenagers with their mental health, but I truly believe if we can teach children now how to build healthy coping skills, what that can look like, you know, not to be afraid of those big feelings that feel like elephants on their chest, you know, if they can feel empowered to deal with those feelings, how much more better off can they be? Will they be when they are teenagers and adults? Absolutely. I I feel like if this sort of thing was discussed more, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, when I was growing up, I feel like there would be a lot less I don't know. I'm not saying the world would be a, a magical, perfect place, but it would be a lot better. I agree. I, I, I think the same. It wouldn't be rainbows and unicorns, but we would know how to process things 
much, much better. So if we can do that for our children, then I feel like we just need to go all in on any kind of resources that we can provide for them. Karis, let's get to your song. What have you chosen? So I picked Goodness of God um, by Bethel. I know there are several other versions of the song, but right now, and probably, I don't even know how many years this song has been out, but it has just been so close to my heart in my life. This is probably the most recent song we've discussed on the show. Uh, from really? Okay. 2019. It was on their Victory album. So you would have heard this when it was released four years ago? Yes, that is correct. And I love that entire album. I think it is amazing. So my husband and I, we lead worship at our church. And this is one of the songs that I sing. And I will be honest with you, it's sometimes difficult to not just be overwhelmed by the emotion that you can feel from this song, you know, when you're just singing to God about his goodness and his faithfulness throughout, you know, our life. And I, I don't know, it's just powerful to me, the words that are in this song and how you can just feel, feel yourself just being drawn into the presence of God. This is one of those ones where I didn't know the song from the title, but then as soon as I was listening to it in preparation for our chat, I was like, oh, of course, yes, this one. It's it's your love is running after me one. I was like, yes. I, you know, depending on which part of the song you sort of connect with, but it, it does have that beautiful relationship with God that it describes so perfectly about like God's not going anywhere. He's always been there. He's always going to be there and you can't escape his love. Yes. And, you know, I, I think it has meant so much to me because I've seen him there throughout all of my life in those valleys and in that pit when I thought that anxiety and depression were going to take me out. And I felt like there was no hope and surely I was abandoned. Surely, surely no one, you know, was running after me, but there God was running, chasing after me, you know, that I, I was able to know him as a father, but also a friend. I think I think that's so powerful and just to know that that he didn't abandon me in that part of my life that he was faithful then and he's faithful now and that you know we can look back and see his goodness and and then know that his goodness will continue to lead us forward. I think that that's why this song means so much to me because I've I have those visual I don't know about you I'm a visual learner sure. so I have those visual pictures right throughout my journey and I I'm grateful for that, to be able to see, to visually see his goodness running after me. You mentioned anxiety that you've obviously dealt with yourself, but also teach others to to go through. And when did that sort of pop up in your life? So the major battle for me popped up about 12 years ago is when I really started struggling with it as an adult. It truly began when I was a child. I was bullied some. I have a physical disability in the left side of my body. And so some kids made fun of me because of that. Okay. And early, yeah, early on, I developed unhealthy ways, you know, of dealing with things. I say, I don't know if this will make sense, but I was a stuffer. I would stuff my feelings down. I would push them down. And then by the time I was an adult, there was nowhere left to stuff. There was nowhere else for those things to go. And that anxiety and depression, I could not 
hide from it anymore. It just overtook my life and almost took me out. And I thank God every day that he whispered to me, look up, look up. And when I did, there he was, their helpers were, and I wasn't alone. And I began to realize that, hey, it's not just me struggling with this. There are millions of others struggling and they need to know, just like I discovered that I wasn't alone, that God loved me. He had a purpose for me and there is hope. When did you first meet God as well? Was that around the same time or was he always there in your life? Yeah. So he's always, I've always had that relationship with him. I came to know, you know, Jesus as my Lord and savior as a child. So I always have known him and been close to him, but I always thought that I had to be perfect and I had to be, you know, had to have it all together for God to use me. You know what I mean? I don't know. Did you ever deal with anything like that? You know, thinking that you had to have it all together? I think it's one of those things where we feel like we have to represent God in the best way possible. And that's always the the strive in life. But that is actually an impossible task. Like it is right. impossible to be God. And we can obviously try to be Jesus as much as possible. But sometimes it can be overwhelming that thought of, I can't do that. I'm, I'm nowhere near <laughs> as good as him, you know. That's so true. And, you know, for me too, I didn't want to fail. Like I just did not want to let him down, you know, but I think, I mean, God knew we were going to have troubles. He knew we were going to make mistakes. And that again, goes back to his goodness. He still loves us. He doesn't love us because of what we can do. He loves us because of who he is. And I finally began to learn that in a more intimate way with him, my relationship with him as I became an adult and going through those hard things. Yes, they're painful, but we get to learn more of of God's character and his faithfulness and his gentleness with us in those hard moments. It's so fitting that you have picked this song because several lines in the song where it does talk about like, in all my life, you have been so, so good. And regardless of what my life has been like, regardless of what I've done or what I've gone through, doesn't matter. You have always been good, God. You have always been there, whether I was paying attention or not. Yes. And I I love how you said that, that he's always been there. He's always been good. He is that one steady, you know, he's that one constant, like that's never going to change that we, no matter what our circumstances are, we can always look to him and, and he's there. Karis, I feel like sometimes as Christians, we can be a little bit ignorant when it comes to mental health because we've got God, we're fine. But for those that are struggling and may not even realize it, what's your advice? My advice would be first to say, acknowledge it. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to wear a mask and pretend like everything is good and fine. You can say, I'm not okay. That's not wrong to say that I'm not okay. Uh, I would second encourage you to ask for help. You know, I tell people help is not a four letter word, meaning it's not a bad word to use that word, right? So, you know, Galatians 6.2 tells us that we're to bear one another's burdens. So ask for help. Who are some people in your life you can talk to? I would encourage them if you have been struggling with anxiety or depression for a few months now where it is really debilitating for you, where you're not able to do normal day-to-day activities, your body is trying to say, hey, we need additional help. We need, you know, the help of a doctor, uh, the help of a counselor. I needed both. They were both life-saving and life-changing for me. So you're worth it 
to ask them for help. You know, and I would encourage you as well. There are so many practical, healthy coping skills like learning how to pause and take deep breaths, having community in your life, you know, journaling, getting those negative what if thoughts out, you know, and changing them. It's amazing. We can retrain our brain how to think, how to think differently. And it does take practice and a process, but look up scripture to write down in a journal or look up affirmation statements that you can speak over yourself. And eventually you might not believe it right now, but you'll get there and make that, you know, a priority in your life. And prayer and scripture are are very important for me to have that time with the Lord and to be honest with him. My, my prayers are not always eloquent and filled with pretty words. You know, they yeah. can be very vulnerable. And I think too, learning the power of gratitude. Gratitude is a natural built-in anxiety blocker for us. So when we're practicing that, what we're thankful for, looking for that, our brain can't be anxious at the same time. So I hope that some of those are things that you can do, but but above all, you are worth it to ask for help. I love that. What about for our parents that have kids that may benefit from your book and and some of those signs that parents should be looking out for? Absolutely. So, you know, our children, they don't know how to say, I'm anxious. Yeah. They may not know that word. So it may show up for your children in physical symptoms like stomach aches, lots of tears at night because maybe they don't want to go to school the next day because something may have happened. Uh, It may show up in headaches. It may show up where they say that they feel like they can't get their breath because they feel like they're breathless. Um, Sometimes they'll tell you, you know, their heart is beating fast and they may not say beating. They might say beeping. Like it sounds like a beep in their ears. Yeah. So look at those physical symptoms. And sometimes we as parents will say, oh, you're fine. I I do that. And I have to practice and say, well, maybe there's something more going on here. So as parents, you could say, you know, tell me about school. Tell me about what's going on. You know, when you go eat lunch, you know, who do you play with? What are your classes like at school? And when you start asking real specific questions, it might help you get to maybe there's something more going on. Some great advice. Karis, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And this right now is Bethel Music with the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your head. From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God
This episode of Songs That Change You was recorded on the land of the Ghana people. Each episode is produced, edited, and hosted by Aidan Grant. That's me. I'd like to also thank Zach Spencer for additional audio assistance and Pastor David Hall for helping support the show. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to get in touch, maybe you have a guest suggestion or any kind of feedback, please email aidang at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening.